Welcome everybody to episode 47 of the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I would like to sincerely thank all the interviewees, listeners and the soccer public of the Illawarra, Australia, Barcelona and elsewhere around the world who download this podcast. Additionally, I would like to say thank you to the people who contribute, comment and reminisce on the social media pages. Mike Hollyfield is our interviewee in episode 47. Mike grew up in the northeast of England, in Stockton-on-Tees, in the 1960s. In this interview, we discuss Mike's early football life with schooling teams and his youth centre team, Kyora Hall, and how he became an apprentice professional footballer with Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club in the late 1970s. His professional football journey in England is covered and Mike talks openly about his times at different clubs in the United Kingdom. We then chat about a phone call that saw him fly halfway around the world with his family to play football in Australia with Wollongong City and other clubs in the Illawarra. For me, I grew up in my teenage years watching Mike play firstly with the Wollongong Wolves and then with Lysarts. His left foot was always beautiful to watch as he could pass the ball with great accuracy and distribute across the park. Mike has left a great impression on the Illawarra football community and it was wonderful to discuss some of his football memories. My sincere thanks go out to Mike for giving up his time for this interview. It was an absolute pleasure and honour to listen to Mike. Please enjoy this episode. Well, welcome everybody to the Football United vs Soccer City podcast. I'm here in the leafy surrounds and beachside suburb of Taraji, and I'm here with my very, very special guest, Mike Holyfield. Mike, thank you and welcome to the podcast. No, it's a pleasure to be here, Travis, yeah. Thank you for asking. Now, a lot of people um, in the Illawarra uh, will know you from the Wolves and, and Lysarts in particular, but, um, you know, I want to go back uh, right to the beginning and uh, uh, from the from the notes that you gave me, you were born in 1961 and, and grew up in Stockton-on-Tees in Cleveland County, England. What are your first memories of football? Uh I suppose ever since, well, first of all, as, as far back as I can remember, kicking the ball about. I had, I grew up, I had four older brothers. Uh, obviously, in the northeast, it's very heavily into the football, into the soccer. Yep. And where we lived, we lived out, like, outside of mum's house. There was a, about four steps and there was a, a waist-high fence. Yep. And over that fence was the local junior, junior school field. So most days, most afternoons... Whenever we were out there kicking the ball about, you know, and it wasn't just me; it was all kids around the around the area. It was real popular, you know. So it was ideal. Growing up was ideal where we were for kicking the ball about. Like I said, it was just a waist high school fence. Climb over that, and you've got the paddock to run around. It was great. Well, yeah, I guess these days you wouldn't be able to do it with some of the school fences around here. No, well, I, I, I went back there. Like you know, last time I was overseas, because uh, mum has passed away, but. I went back just to see where I grew up and they've rebuilt the school more or less and uh, it's like a 
two metre high barbed wire fence now, unfortunately. <laughs> and so growing up, uh, it wasn't out a suburb or borough of Middlesbrough um, where you were? No, Stockton's a small town just outside of Middlesbrough. Yep. Uh, probably about, you know, four or five miles from one side to to the other, like uh, over the t- other side of the Tees, over the yep. side of the River Tees. So, yeah, I grew up in uh, Stockton, but uh, I used to, when I was about 13, 14, 15, that age, I used to go and watch Middlesbrough. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So, you yeah. were a Middlesbrough fan? Yeah, yeah, I was a Middlesbrough fan. I, I still follow them today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I still look for their, for their results, and hopefully, we can get back in the Premiership soon. So before we start talking about you playing the game, uh, do you sort of remember some of those times that you went to to the home games? And uh, yeah, they were a long time ago. I mean, so at one stage, just go with a couple of school friends, uh, get the bus down, and I just remember an area we used to get off the bus at. It was like a a school, but it was a school for the blind, and so we used yep. to just get off at the blind school and then cut through from there. That's that's all I remember. It was about. 10 minute walk from from the bus stop in Middlesbrough to to the S Park yep. where they used to play in them days yeah. so I used to go down there and a couple of night games here and there as well so it was like a, I used to play a lot on the Saturday myself yep. so I would you know, try and get to the night games even when we could yeah. In your timeline you said you played football with Kyora Hall Youth Centre yep. on the Roseworth Council Estate yep. um, is this the first time where you played organised football? Uh, other than uh, like we we growing up in, in England at the time, we always had an inter schools competition. Okay. Uh, and that was like that was like uh, say our last year at school, like we used to call it junior school, and yeah, we used to you were about ten, eleven, eleven years old, and we'd have an inter schools competition in in the district. Yep. So that was a, probably first time we put a football strip on as such was uh, around about nine or ten years old in an inter-schools comp. And then as we got older, we used to um, play, I think I played in one or two teams where it was like under-14s or stuff like that. But going to Kyora, where <coughs> where I used to play older, that was an under-18s team. Okay. And I was about 16. And the game just outside Mams by the school used to be the local youth and community centre. And the actual that they used to use the school pitch, the school grounds, the community centre used that ground as the home ground pitch. So my home ground pitch when I was playing for Kyora was right outside Mum's house. So I was never late for a game. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyora Hall uh, uh, Youth Centre, what do you remember of of uh, playing for them in terms of coach or or other players? Um, I remember we had a successful side. We were under 18s team, and we we I think we won a couple of cups. Um, uh, there was a few scouts had been to to watch our watchers play. It, there was it was a combination of like some of the some of the kids from other schools yep. used to get picked, selected off this coach. He, he a renowned, you know, he, he used to get a good squad together. They had a good side for a few years. Kai, or even prior to me going and. The team so they had, had a good name. They'd had a good name, yeah, over the five or six or seven years, and um, so he, he was able to, you know, get people to come and sign. And through that, like when I was there, one lad he ended up he ended up a pro. Uh, he ended up playing for Darlington, and then he was had a spell at Coventry, a lad called Kevin Smith. Yep. 
uh, a lad called Col Richardson. He ended up trialling out Southampton. He's tied up with the Southampton juniors for a while. And then, um, you know, people just on the fringe of making it to other other clubs, really. It was uh, quite a successful side. And when you were playing in the inter-school comps and then Kyora Hall as well, yeah. did you uh, realise that you had a bit of ability or were you contemplating playing semi-professional football or trying to do the best that you could? Uh, I think, um, I think like, growing up when I was young, it, and lots of people, it's every kid's dream yeah. to be a footballer. Cause it's it's, it's that, that much inbred, you know what I mean? That's all you get as a kid or used to. Uh, no video games and <laughs> computer stuff. Then it was just you used to make your own entertainment. Usually that was with a ball out on the on the on the field, on the paddock. So I think we we a lot of kids grew up with that, you know, hope or dream of becoming a soccer player. And I suppose I was that just being like most people. But I think uh, you need you know you can have all the ability in the world, but you need that little bit of luck when you're young yep. as well. Or not just when you're young throughout your career, you need a bit of luck. So when you were, were playing for Kyora Hall um, and it was an under-18s, did you start playing when you were 16, 17? Yeah, I was playing for them when I was 16. Yep. Um, I might have been 15 at the time. Okay. So I had a couple of years there. And uh, even it, like if, you, if your school team, when you're at school and you like you call it high school, we yep. used to call it secondary modern, we'd have, our, our school would have a team all the way through. So... Your first year in high school would have a team. Yep. Second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year. Each year had a school team playing in an inter-schools competition again. And uh, if you were doing well in that inter-schools competition, yep. you had a decent side, you would get scouts coming to watch okay. at, at that time. And also with playing in the in Kyora Youth Communities Club, we had quite a successful side. So scouts would come and watch your games, not just ours, but any team Anything. that was doing well and if you caught their eye they might they might approach you and say or might come and watch you again you know you might not realise they're watching but they might be watching you for weeks before they come up and maybe in, in, invite you to a trial at the club whichever club they were scouting for and so is that what happened to you that at some point in time a, a scout came up to you yeah at some point in time uh, a scout came up and uh, just introduced himself, said he'd seen me play a couple of times and would I be interested in going down to Wolverhampton for a trial. Yep. That's how it all basically started for, for me. I'd, I'd left school by then. Yep. Um, and I, like you can usually, at that time, you, you'd only sign apprentices when they're 16. It's like tradespeople, you can yep. only sign when you're 16. But once you, once you hit 17, at, at, at that time you had to sign professional. And, ah, okay. um, so... There's not many people sign professional at 17 usually. They usually try and get you at, at them stages, get you at 16, 16, keep you for two years and then make a decision when you turn 18. So I was uh, I was lucky because I, I signed uh, about a week before my 17th birthday as an apprentice. So I had like a year's apprentice and then fortunately they offered me professional forms at Wolverhampton and I stayed there for another four or five years before I went to Hull. So what was that uh, feeling like you um, personally and then even amongst family and friends that you were approached by by Wolves and that you might have an opportunity to be a professional? Um, I, I think like the, growing up, you know, I'd been uh, 
in a couple of good sides and I was doing okay. But you'd seen other lads get opportunities to go and try, like like say this Col Rich, who yeah. I used to play for him, played against him all the way through high school, and then we ended up playing for Kaiora together. He was a good player, and he'd been on Southampton's books for a while. So you think, oh, he'll get signed up yeah. by the time he reaches age, and maybe you know, oh, this guy, he's I've heard he's gone to so and so, and he's he's on the books there, and and I just thought, oh, I, I left school. Uh, and I hadn't been picked up while I was at school, uh, and I thought oh, I might I might have missed my chance. You chance. So um, you went down to to Molyneux, and um, what we how was the trial? Uh, what did um, you have to do? Or? I think I, I think initially I think we just went because uh, they they'd have their they'd have like a youth team. Yep. And they'd play Saturday mornings as well, uh, and I think that might have been under 18s as well. And, they used to put trialists in there and see how yep. they'd go, and you might have some young apprentices or some young pros, and they'd throw you in there and just see if you could, if you could hack it. I suppose you know yep. if you could live with it. Uh, so when I first left school, I I, I actually was uh, I didn't get a job for like four months. I was looking for work, and then I, I ended up working in a foundry uh, in Stockton called Parkfield Foundries. Yeah, and it was while I was there that. Uh, I got approached about going to to Wolverhampton for a trial. Uh, I asked the management. They, they were they were great. They said, "Yeah, we're not going to stop you. Go <laughs> go down, have your trial." And I got invited back. And I got invited back again, and then again. I was going up and down for about six months, I think, yep. uh, on and off on different games uh, before they even before they asked me to sign. And I remember. Um, there was another lad who was our captain at Kaiora because I was playing for Kaiora when I got the invitation he was our captain and he came down on trial with us a couple of times and then um, we'd finished a game against might have been Birmingham youth team or something like that Birmingham yep. youth side and uh, just coming back on the coach the, the, the guy called John Jarman he was the youth coach then yep. for, the, for uh, Wolverhampton and he just started asking us a few questions and when he realised I was still only sixteen, he he didn't really he didn't know. He thought I was seventeen, but as soon as he realised I was sixteen, this was on a Saturday. Yep. He realised I was sixteen. Then I got a phone call from somebody uh, from Wolverhampton on the Monday asking me to sign apprentice forms, and I, I said yes. And then they came up, travelled up with the papers on the Tuesday. Uh, so I signed on the Tuesday, which was a week before my seventeenth birthday, and then I was I think I. I yeah uh, I think I ended up yeah shooting off down to to Wolverhampton to live to put me in digs. Yep. Uh, towards the end of the season, I was living down there and um, they had an end of season trip as well. So I was on the end of season tour. They had two. I went on one when I was a trialist. Yep. We went to uh, uh, Switzerland on a youth tournament. Wow. Uh, and then I think that might have been in roundabout. February, March, something like that. And they also had another one at the end of the year, which was we went to uh, Holland in another youth tournament, so I went on that one. But by the time I went to Holland, I'd signed as an apprentice by then. So so were you um, pretty pretty stoked about signing up and, and or does the reality kick in pretty quickly that it's it's not just football, it's a job? Um, I, I, like, I, I was... I was going quite well 
in my trials and I thought, oh, they've got to last me, they've got to last me, you know. Yeah. But I was working and I was I was still playing at home, you know, when I wasn't travelling down to Wolverhampton, I was still playing at home. Uh, and I, I had a job, I was playing football, I was really happy at home. Yeah. And Wolverhampton is like a three and a half hour drive away yeah. in a car, which, like, you know, we never had a car. Uh, it's a long trip on the train. And I was happy at home. And I, for, I remember for... For months before, and I used to type, used to play in my head. Oh, I wonder what I'd do if they'd ask. Would I say, yeah. oh, "Oh no, I'm happy at home," or <laughs> would I say yes? You know, some nights I'd be going to sleep saying, oh, "I'd just say no, I'm happy here." And other nights I'd say, "I'd have to say yes." yes. I was in a bit of turmoil in my own head. I didn't run it by anybody. I wasn't asking anybody's opinion. Just anyway, I got this phone call and straight away. I just went yes. And I, <laughs> I think I thought about it later more. And once I, you know, but. And then, uh, yeah, you just get on with it. Just It's an opportunity, so you just get on with it. You just do your best. And what about the family? Were they pretty happy with Well, with four older brothers, yeah, they're all... Mum was really chuffed. Like, And so are your friends and that. Every, yeah. You know, you, you're getting off the council estate, you're getting an opportunity yeah. to, better your, to better your life in a professional sport. And, you know, everybody's happy for you. you just got to hopefully, you know, do, do the best you can and... Don't let yourself down. If you do your best and you know you've tried your best, well, you know, that's all you can do, really. Hopefully you're good enough. And so the uh, to be an apprentice professional, uh, is there, a, I guess, a hierarchy whereby in the late 70s where you had to, you know, there's the stories of polishing the... Oh the yeah, we, boots yeah, and then, yeah, and then doing other, I guess, chores rather than just football itself. Yeah, well, I think that was just... Uh, we used to have to do... Like, you know, I, when I went there uh, to Wolverhampton, you'd get, like, three or four or five pros, yep. and you'd be their boot boy. Yep. And so you just have to look after their training boots and their match boots for them. Yep. Uh, and also after training, we uh, we used to have to sweep the dressing rooms, mop, yep. you know, clean the showers, sweep the dressing rooms, tidy up a bit. And, like, the pros, excuse me, once the season's underway... They're only training usually in the morning because yep. they're fit, they're playing games. They go in the morning, train the house down for two and a half, two and a half hours, and you're home by 12, half 12. <laughs> well, it was in them days. Yeah. It might be different now where they get fed now and they, they get <laughs> watch what they eat and you know what they do with the extra time, like the spare hours. But that's how it used to be for us. And then we'd, we'd have training sessions in the afternoon with the youth team coach and we'd do drills, you know, just yep. basic learning touch control and you know one touch two touch and just trying to improve your technique uh, but yeah we used to do the, the clean the showers and sweep the shed sweep the dressing rooms and things and at that point in time at, at Kyora Hall and, and then in the youth team were you were you playing as a defender even back then yeah I was yeah I was a defender yeah I, I'd started off uh, I, I was always always just a uh, one-footed player basically I, yep. I couldn't yeah my, my right foot was really weak <laughs> it, it didn't really improve over the years to be honest and uh, so I was predominantly left-footed yeah and uh, I'd always been uh, like in the old days it was left half like yep. a bit of a left midfield left defender type thing so I was always a left half and then uh, as things changed a bit to 4-4 four, 4-4-2 four, 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 something you know yep. I became like a one of the centre backs at a young age, I was playing centre back. Yeah, and and how is that? Um, because you had probably what four odd years 
um, with Wolves. So how did you, what, what was the sort of, I guess, turning point, I guess, your training day in, day out within the season and then playing youth grade games? Was there a turning point where you got given a go in the reserves to then sort of prove yourself there to, before making the first team? I think it's just a, it's just a progression thing. Yep. Uh, you know, you get an opportunity, and they just you're developing. I think, and uh, some players develop quicker than others. I've I've played at when I was young. I played at school and see kids that were outstanding, but they get to about fifteen, sixteen. The big boys, they're outstanding, and you think, oh, they're going to do really well, but then they might stop growing. They yeah. don't get any quicker. They don't get any. They don't get any stronger. <laughs> They've had their time in the spotlight when they're fifteen. And I think that happens in probably a lot of sports. Maybe yeah. people just peak at different periods, and so like you, you just they're just looking at you to see how you progress. And if you if you're doing well in the youth team, obviously there's people get injured. They need to fill gaps and here yeah. and there. And then you get you'll get a chance in the reserves if you if you work hard and do well. You know, and it, again, it, and that you've got to get in reserves. And if you're doing well in reserves and and working hard and doing well. Hopefully, in time, you'll get your chance as well in, in first grade. And is that what happened with you to, to get into reserves? That there was an opportunity, and and then you did well. Yeah, I, like I was, uh, like I, I, I was. I remember when when I signed pro, I was there like one year as apprentice. Yep. Because I'd seventeen to eighteen, and at the end of that year, there was I think there was there was five of us all to, all signed pro on that at the end of that year yep. which was very unusual in them days because they'd have like a squad of 15 16 lads coming through and they might only sign one or one might get signed two maybe you know uh, and the, the rest are not good enough to make it to the next level type yep. thing and they get they'd get cut and because they'd have the next batch, coming, batch through. coming through as a 16 year old 7 year olds and giving them their chances so I was one of like I think it was five of us all signed, which was very unusual. I remember it being in the in the in the paper in Wolverhampton. We all had our yep. photograph on the back page, and there there was like Mick Matthews, John Humphreys, Craig Moss, and Huey Atkinson, and myself. Yep. We all went on to play first grade at some stage or another, which was great. Yeah. And uh, do you recall uh, your debut in 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 the first team? Oh yeah, so hopefully that's something you never forget. Can you tell us a bit about that <laughs> and, and how it came about? Uh, I can't. I, it, I remember the date. It was so the season kicks off around about the August yep. uh, for the start of the season, and and I, I just remember I made my debut on the eighth of November <laughs> uh, against Spurs at White Hart Lane, and uh, I can't remember if because the prior to me making it into the side, they had a. Uh, a fullback there called Derek Parkin, yep. and he Derek had been like a fullback there. He'd been playing there ten years, and so maybe that was he was thirty. He might have been thirty, thirty-one there now. Yep. Um, you know, eighteen, nineteen type yep. thing, and so obviously looking at the, they've got to look towards the future maybe. So I can't remember if Derek was injured or I'd been playing well. Or I can't recall, but I just remember getting called up into the first grade. Uh, out of those five guys that I mentioned, two of them had already got in it, yep. which was John Humphreys at right back and Huey Atkinson in midfield. And uh, so anyway, I got my chance on that against Spurs, yeah, and uh, 
I do remember it quite well. Yeah, we uh, we had a two-all draw down at White Hart Lane, and um, which was a good result for us because uh, say we were a pretty young side. Because John Humphreys was playing at nineteen, you had to play at nineteen. I was fullback at nineteen as well, and we we had one or two out, and had a couple of shuffles here and there as well. So it was a good result to come home with, to go back to Wolverhampton with. And uh, what about? Like you said, you remember it because it's your debut and, and we're talking, you know, first division, which was, I guess, the Premier League back then. It was the yeah. top league in White Hard Lane. Is, were you sort of, uh, I guess, the week the week leading into it, pinching yourself a bit that now you've got your chance after um, after this time? I think I was, I was looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. And uh, I was glad it was there. I'm glad I got the opportunity. I've been looking forward to it. And I, I was okay up until probably getting on the bus to the to the ground. Like we we travelled down there. I used to travel down the day before the game, yep. stay in the hotel, and then you know in the morning just have some breakfast, mess up, you know, like uh, relax and make your way to the ground in the team bus. And it was only on the team bus from the from the ground from the hotel to the ground where. Yep. Like nerves start to kick in, then I, w- I was worrying a bit. <laughs> start to worry a bit then, but up till then I was okay. I was looking forward to it. Cause I just remember sitting on the bus, rubbing the palms of my hands together for ages and like sweating. I was just a bit of pre-match nerves, you know. But once once the game kicks off, you, your concentration's yeah. on the game, and you just you, you switch on to the game, and you, you don't worry about nerves really. You just all the crowd, you know. You just just focusing on what you need to do. Yeah, try and just focus on what you need to do. Yeah. And and uh, the manager at the time was that um, that was John Barnwell at the time. And, yeah. And so, what do you remember of him? Well, I, I like John because he gave me the opportunity. <laughs> so I I got on all right with John Barnwell. John Barnwell and Richie Barker was his his offsider. Uh, they didn't sign me initially uh, when I first went there. The manager I think was Sammy Chung. Who okay. Be yep. the manager. Uh, and I signed when he. I think I think it was Sammy Chung was the manager. Yeah, then. I think it was. Yeah. And I think I got signed when he was there. Uh, and then I think I can't recall, but John Barnwell ended up coming after Sammy. I think it was. And then uh, that's when I like I said that's when I got my opportunity. So, but while I was there, John ended up leaving. Yep. Uh, Ian Greaves came after that. So you. Uh... You're playing first team football uh, within the squad, and, and it, it is a, a professional league, and and was one of the best leagues in Europe at the time. Uh, do a couple of the other pros, when you're a, a younger pro yourself, do they take you under their wing, or was it pretty much uh, just fend for yourself and and do the job that you were given by the manager? No, they they, they tend to take you under under the wing because yep. we're all in it together, yeah. so to so to speak. You know, you're a team, yeah. you're a team effort. So everybody's there to. We're all we all want the same goal, and that's it was two points then. Yeah, uh, you know, not three, but we all after the two points. You know, so and they do. Yeah, they take you under the wing a little bit and, and try and help you along. Yeah. So you can remember who who the. Uh, guy or guys that took you under that helped uh, you out a little bit well I think they all do and they all try and do in a little way they'll all give you a little yep. bit of advice here and there you know even if it's just a case of like look uh, don't panic just relax play yep. your normal game because yep. that's what gets you there anyway yep. play your normal game you know so just little things like that and then uh, yeah 
uh, I think everybody tries to help each other along. And so for the time that you were there, um, you'd played uh, uh, 25 games. Was there a, a few injuries or some, yeah, some the, time there that sort of stopped you getting more games in, in the first team? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I had a few. Um, after that, that, when I first made my debut, I, I think I played 16 games in a row. From, yep. So so after making the debut and then staying in the side for 16 games, I think it was, which was pretty good for me, because, yeah. or pretty good for anybody really, because usually you make a debut, you might get in for one or two it's games good. and then you go back out again and then you've got to gradually work, work your way, way back in. So I was in for 16 games and I'd, so I'd done quite well and I think it was a case of uh, at the end of that season, um, you know, I got left out. I remember getting left out against West Brom away because uh, I remember John Marwell said to me, oh, I was a bit worried because I was coming up against, I think it was uh, Peter Barnes, who yep. used to play for West Brom. Then, and he, he was an England winger as well. And I, I, I think he maybe thought, well, I'll, I'll rest him. He needs a rest anyway. He's, he's yep. done well, but I'll, I'll rest him anyway. And then, uh, so I was out the side then towards the end of the season and Derek was back in. And then, so come the next pre-season, uh, I'd worked really hard. I'd done a lot of like training on my own back home in the northeast because yep. we had six, you know, six weeks break or whatever, and uh, and got ready for pre-season. Had a good pre-season, and then I remember you can just kind of tell, or I could kind of tell that hopefully I'm getting groomed to take the left back spot, yeah. and it looked like I was getting groomed for the start of that year. You can just sense it, you know, yep. even though you're young and or have you, you think oh, I, I might be in here I might be in you know yeah. keep working hard and I remember um, we went and played a, a pre-season game I think it was in we ended up in Belfast and uh, so it was first grade and yeah. I was there and I started so this is only a few weeks before the season starts you know what I mean so I think have a good pre-season you're in for the start of the season you got a chance of cementing yourself you know Anyway, I got injured with a, a knee injury because uh, you're young and you, like when you're real young, you get you don't even know you're, you're probably playing with injuries, pulls and, <laughs> and strain. You don't even know. So, but as you get older, you think, oh, I wish I'd a bit more wised up on what was hurting and why. Yeah. Anyway, I had a knee injury and uh, I had a ligament strain, so I came off at half time and trying to get better from that because this happened to me a couple of times. Further, it happened to me further down the track as well. In the summer in England, in that in, at that period, it, you know, June, July, August, like, even though it's England, it rains all the time. Well, it doesn't. The grounds get fairly firm and hard, yeah. you know. And I remember I'd been having to do a lot of running around the pitch, you know, just run, 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 just get your fitness up uh, while I'm getting over this knee injury. And then uh, I think the season kicked off and we're having a, a trial game First, first team against reserve on, yep. on, on Molyneux and I'd came on and I just closed somebody down and felt something crack so it went in my foot didn't know what it was it was sore so I had to come yep. off and then I rested I had to rest it couldn't, I was back out I was injured again and then I, I rested it for two or three weeks tried to come back it still wasn't right anyway I, I got playing again but I didn't, I didn't get back into first grade and then uh Further down the track, I ended up uh, with a back injury, and so I went to see a specialist 
about my back. He says, have you got any other injuries that you've had? Yeah. So I mentioned to him, well, I had this foot injury months ago and it's still not right. So he says, well, I'll x-ray that. I'll x-ray your back as well. So he x-rayed my foot and he says, oh, you, you broke your foot. I, went, huh. I was so, I was stunned. I went, bullshit. He went, no, you definitely <laughs> broke it. It's there, there, you know. Anyway, that caused me, I didn't realise at the time, but I kept must have kept cracking it and breaking it and then it calcified. Right. So I had a lot of problems with it for the next, actually I had problems with it while I was at Hull, while I was at Tradmere. And it was only while I came to Australia when it gradually broke down and like cleared. cleared. But I had this callus formation on, on the top of my left foot. And if I caught it wrong or kicked somebody, if I kicked somebody's foot spot. at a certain spot, it was it was agony, yeah. But I think when I came to it, because over there I'm training every day, it's cold, it's wet, and, yep. you know, it, or if I'm in training and you just move it that wrong way or hit something or catch something wrong, it just used to, used to really be sore. And I think when I came out here, you're only training two or three times a week. It's got that time to rest in, rest between. in between. You're not playing as many games. And I just one time, shit, that lump's gone on my foot. You know, <laughs> unbelievable. I wish it would have happened over there, though. I wish I'd never had that injury. Or if I'd have known I'd broke it first off, oh, I could have rested it up properly and healed properly instead of trying to come back. And it must have just been re cracking a little bit all the time. But that was one of my drawbacks. That, and, uh, like I say, I had a back injury that led me to get my foot uh, x rayed and I. Uh, yeah, I ended up with a, a slip disc in my back, yep. and uh, had an operation on that. And then I got back from that, and I think I might have played only a handful of games after that. Uh, I played a couple of games under Ian Greaves, I think. And uh, Graham Hawkins, it was who came after Ian Greaves. Yep. He came from Shrewsbury, and Derek Dugan came as he came back as a chairman. Uh, to help the club out when they were struggling financially, got a uh, consortium of business people back, and he came back on it as chairman, I think. And I still had a year to go on my contract, but I ended up. This is all look, uh, Hull's coming for you if you're interested to go there. And I, I, I ended up going to Hull, yeah. uh, and I, I went to Hull just before the season. I'd done all my pre-season this this one year. I'd done all my pre-season at Wolverhampton, but I just thought uh, the writing was on the wall. I wasn't wanted. So yep. I went to I went to Hull and had two years at Hull. So how was that feeling for you that um, you know you'd worked your way in and then injuries? Uh, like you said at the start of the interview, it's it's luck to to become a pro and and then you were unlucky with with the injury. But um, was it still a I guess a, a hard pill to swallow that you were in the first team had yeah. done, done yeah, some, well, it, played yeah. some good football? Yeah, it was. It it, it is. Um, I tried to. Uh, like once, I remember someone saying to me at home, was home once, oh, you're at Wolverhampton? I went, yeah, blah, blah, you know, this, I was only young at Wolverhampton. And I remember him, this lad said, he was all about my age, he goes, oh, well, there's only one way to go down, isn't there? <laughs> there's only one way to go, rather. You know, he says, there's only one way you can go. And basically that was down, you know. But uh, I suppose he's right in a way, because once you're up there, you know, you're there for a while and then you've got to go lower and lower. But, so I, when I ended up, I thought, I'll go to Hull which was like, I've gone from the first division, which is the premiership, so yep. to speak, down to the third division. Yep. And uh, so I thought, I'll try and use it as a stepping stone, you know, getting the side if I can do well. 
and maybe use it as a stepping stone to get back to the to the first division. Yeah. And uh, the first year went not too bad. Uh, Colin Appleton was the coach. Yeah. Uh, it we had a decent year. and We just missed out on promotion to the old second division. Yeah. Missed out on goal difference to Sheffield United, and then the following year. Um, I think it was same similar thing. I pulled a thigh muscle, done a lot of running around the pitch, and uh, missed the. I think I missed the start of the season. And um, I remember well, the, we were playing Wolverhampton Reserves at Hull, <laughs> and now that was my comeback game, and I was really excited about it. I thought, oh, playing Wolves, I'm back for that, great. And I remember I was all excited, sitting downstairs, and. Uh, I thought, oh, it's time, I'll, I'll run upstairs, I'll have my shower and have a shave, get ready for the game. I've, I've run up the stairs, like, running by two steps at a time. Yeah. And I've just took off and landed. One went, oh, shit. So it went my foot then. You know, I had this little thing in my foot, like my old, but it was my left foot again. So anyway, I, I don't worry too much about it. I've still got this callus thing on my foot, which yeah. I used to strap all the time, so I strapped that. And anyway, off I go I get on the pitch and I start playing and uh, I've made a run or done a check and something and some so it's just gone crack in my foot again and it was another uh, I found out it's metatarsals they call yep. it it's the bones in your feet so I've done another metatarsal this time except I got this one X-ray and it was clear so I went into plaster then so I was in plaster for like oh, four or five weeks I think uh, laid up again. Uh, at that time, they had a, they've got a young, a younger lad than me, a lad called Laurie Pearce, I think he was. He came in and he played left back, and I battled with him towards the end of that season. Yeah. But then, um, um, yeah, I didn't get a contract offered. They weren't offering me a contract, but yeah, I think that was sort of eighty four, eighty five, or maybe I was eighty. Because you're there, 83, 84, 84, 85. Yeah, yeah, that would be in 85, because 85, 86, I went to Tranmere. So was it, like you said, uh, after that injury and, and not winning the battle for, for the position, you then um, thought, well, OK, I'll uh, go to Tranmere then? Yeah, I ended up going to Tranmere in the fourth division. <laughs> Sometimes you get on that slippery slide and it's hard to stop. Yep. Uh, it really is to... It becomes a, like it can become a bit of you know, an emotional yeah. head battle within yourself, you know. Because is, is it a bit of both? Because um, I guess it's financial as well because you get paid less, but it's emotional as well because you, I guess, tasted. First yeah, I think football. you tasted the football. You tasted the high life, and, and not that long ago. Yeah, really. And I, I, for years and years, I've I used to in my own head. Nobody else, but in yeah. my own head, I just criticise and run myself down for not doing better when I had that chance. Had that chance, you know. Yeah. But it's only in the last, I don't know, a few years when I, you know, start to realise. Well, uh, if I'd realised I had a broken, if I'd broke my foot yeah. at that first time and got it treated properly, I wouldn't have had the problems with my foot. But then I had a back injury, I had a slip disc, had that operated on, broke my foot again. At, say Hull City I broke it while I was at the Wolves here in, in Wollongong so I mean I, I look at that and I think if I'd have been a bit if I knew more about injuries and how to treat them and take care of yourself a bit better 
But and then on the other, so I stopped trying to criticize myself mentally too much. Because yeah. on the other hand, I've, I achieved. I got at least there and a bite of the cherry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, which a lot of people would, you know, that, they wouldn't I know, hesitate yeah, to take like, what you've had. What I've had, yeah. But it, I just thought I, sometimes I just think ah, oh, I should have done better. Oh, I had the opportunity, but again, sometimes it's not in your own hands either. You know, uh, with like say injuries, injuries and, and stuff, yeah. and other people taking their chances. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you've got to give. That, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So for you, um, you then, like you said, you you went to Prenton Park and um, had a season there. Um, uh, sort of what happened there? I had a shock at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what happened there. The ch- like the chairman had approached me. Uh, and, um, I can't remember the chairman's name now. I'm sorry, but yep. and uh, he spoke to me on the phone, said he'd seen me play, that I wanted me to go to Prendon Park. Uh, they were signing a new manager. Yep. It was his first year as a manager. Da da da. So I spoke to one or two people, and I thought, oh yeah, I'll go. You know, and uh, so I signed the same day as the, the manager signed actually. And, yep. uh, which was Frank Worthington, which um, he was a flamboyant player, Frank, and he was an excellent footballer. Yep. He represented England. And, uh, yeah, I went there. And uh, I don't know, I just didn't get an opportunity from him. For what reason, I don't know. But I, I, I was... Uh, I still had those problems with my foot. I had to stop yep. it every day. I had that callous form with my foot. Kick somebody wrong way. I was limping. I couldn't train the next day or two or whatever, you know. And uh, I just didn't get a ch- I think I was on the bench once in 12 months for him. And we didn't really have that big a squad. And I was, no disrespect to anybody, but from where I'd been like three years earlier to where I was three years later, <laughs> I was like saying to myself, jeez, oh, I can't get in the side here. Yeah. Yeah, I was three years ago. I was playing against. Tottenham are playing against Liverpool, I played against Man U three, <laughs> three or four years earlier. And now I can't get in a Tranmere's team in the fourth division, fourth division. you know. And so psychologically, you go, I must be shit. You know, yep. it's getting worse and the pickup was hard. Plays on your mind. Yeah, but what I did, I knew I knew inside. Inside, I was dying because I, I couldn't get a, I couldn't get a game. But inside, I was dying. My passion was dying. But come to training session I would never I wouldn't let anybody know yeah. how, how it was affecting me I used to train hard and I, I, I'd do extra because I wasn't playing on a Saturday Some, I'd be playing with the kids on a Saturday morning <laughs> uh, like the youth team kids on Saturday mornings and um, so I used to stay back and do extra and do some sit ups a few weights whatever and uh, I just remember one time the team wasn't going so well Tramir at a time, so Frank's called us all the squad in, and we're sitting there. Well, I'm sitting there, and we're all sitting along the benches while he's chatting away. And I used to sit down the end, and I'm just looking at. I just recall looking at the floor, and uh, and I knew I'd, I, I. This was well into the season. Yeah. Well into the season, I've never had a sniff, you know. <laughs> and uh, I just remember him start going on. He starts questioning about. Uh, how are we going and why and this that and he, he starts questioning people's attitudes and I'm just sitting there looking at the floor I thought oh here we go again you know he goes I don't know he goes I question some of your attitudes you don't seem to be putting it in or you know 
yeah. here for this, so I'll just pick it up or whatever. He says, but I look at somebody, he, he says, you need to take a leaf out of his book. And I, I just, I, I lift my head up and think, who's he on about? And he point, he's pointing to me. And he says, oh, that lad there, he goes, he ain't been in the side, but he works, he's, he works hard, he, he stays back and he, he, he trains hard, he, he, he does extras, this, that, that, you know. He's got a great attitude. And uh, I'm just thinking to myself, um, <laughs> excuse the French, but I'm just thinking to myself, well, I can't, I can't say what I was thinking. But, uh, but you're, really, you're, you're, you're kidding me. Yeah, you're kidding me. You're saying what a great attitude I've got. Blah, blah, blah. And you're not rewarding I'm, I'm not re Yeah. So, and then uh, I remember the season was, obviously, season's coming to end. <laughs> My wages are coming to end because it's like, as soon as the season's over, that's it. They stop yeah. paying you. I knew fine well I wasn't getting the contract there. So I spoke to, I have a real good mate still involved in the game, a lad called Mick Matthews. We were yep. good mates at Wolverhampton. We're still best mates today, really. And I remember speaking to him because he'd, he'd played at Wolverhampton with me. Yep. And he'd, I think while I was at, when I was at Tranmere, he'd, he'd started at Wolves, got the side, done well. Then he ended up at, I think he played for Scunthorpe for a while. Then he ended yep. up at Halifax. and uh, I think he was captain at Halifax for a while. Anyway, I remember ringing him and saying, oh, uh, towards the end of the year, disillusioned. Oh yes, and I said oh, I'm going back home, Matt, back to the northeast. I said oh, I'm shattered, mate. You yeah. know, he goes no, nah, no. Nah. He goes right, right to all the clubs. I'll just write to everybody, telling me you're available, this like that. And I went, nah, I can't. I says dying inside. Yeah. He's killed me. They killed all my passion. Like yeah. Frank Worthington killed a lot of passion inside me just by. It was like one reject, like one setback after the next, after the next. And when I got to the fourth division, and I couldn't get in, I couldn't get in the third. I thought, what's the point? You know, if I can't Especially get in the fourth. You, like you said, you're doing the extras, and yeah. then he gives you the backhanded compliment of yeah, great attitude. Well done. But yeah, but you still no won't get the game. But having said that, I'd seen other players uh, go through things in in the clubs prior to me. I'd seen every club I went to where one of the coaches didn't like one of the players yep. and they got frozen out. And I'd seen it everywhere I'd been. I'd seen it every year. You'd have to somebody every year. And I just thought, oh, shit, I hope that never happens to me. I really do. And it, I think that happened to me yeah. at Tranmere. Yeah. And so that is that when, uh, after that season, then you got got a gig in non-league football? I got a, I went back home to the north-east where I was originally from, back to Stockton. And a couple of like part-time clubs were really keen to sign us. Yep. Uh, and I signed for the. I signed for. I think I ended up going to South Bank. For, uh, no, Billingham Saint Thony, I think it was. Yep. I was at Billingham Saint Thony for a while. They had a decent side. Uh, I was there for a while, and. Uh, and then I in Crooktown as well. Yeah, I ended up at Crook. Played for Crooktown in County Durham. And I think it was while I was at Crook. Uh, when I got the phone call I just got a phone call out of the blue off this guy called John Fleming yeah. who you know <laughs> yeah. so so before we talk about John giving you a call from Australia did you, when you were playing non-league football and just playing again did some of that passion come back because you were playing or were there still sort of I guess demons in your head about where you had been that, and yeah. you were sort of fighting amongst yourself yeah I, I, think, I think it was more of an internal thing yeah, but it was just, it good to be on the pitch, though. 
Well, it was great to be out there having to kick around, yeah, for sure. I'd rather you'd rather train and play than just yeah. train all week and, and get rejected to, with the, no disrespect to the kids I was no. playing with, but you know. So yeah, it was it was good to, to and I met some good lads, you know, and yep. some good people, and uh, you know they all get a bit of cash, you know, but not much. They're all in it yep. really for the love of it, and if they make a quid, they'll make a quid. But when you when you get down to the low levels, you know, people yeah. are just paying for playing for the love of the sport. Which is what we all start doing initially first, yeah. but you know. Yeah. And were you then, uh, when you got back to playing non-league football and sort of back home, were you then, I guess, looking for a job as well? And well, I was work. Uh, yeah, I ended up. I, got, I had a job and just work, like training a couple of like, times a week and playing on a weekend for a yep. while. But what happens when you're a when you're a pro, uh, like professional? Yep. Uh, when I was leaving Tranmere, the Professional Football Association. They have like forms there for to fill out with all your details on. I thought, well, I might as well go on the list because uh, yep. I'm a free transfer, I'm a free agent. So I got the form and I filled it out. And I just remember saying, are you prepared to play abroad? Tick yes or no. I thought, oh, bugger it, I'll just tick yep. yes. So I ticked yes. And then um, sent that off and then went, I say I sent that off to what, at the end of the year, at the end of that season. Yep. And then I went back playing in the North East. And uh, just playing up there part time, and uh, I remember I got a phone a phone call off some some fellow initially, and that was in New Zealand yep. somewhere in New Zealand, and he he was inquiring about me because they were looking for somebody, but I ended up I, I, I would have gone to New Zealand, but I think I had to go. I didn't have a trade or anything, uh, yep. and I think he says, "Oh, you have to go do this and go to college and." Blah, I'm not going to, I can't do all that. I can't do all that. Go back to college. I'm thick as a brick. You know? No trade behind me because I've, you know, I'd been in football for the first, well, apart from working at Parkfield Foundries uh, for four months. I, I didn't have a trade, so I was just. Your trade was football. Well, tr I tried it to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah I tried to be, and then uh, sometime I think it was around about the Christmas, just before Christmas, maybe. When I got a phone call, like I said, off this bloke called John Fleming, yep. asking if I'd be interested in coming. Was that 86, Christmas of 86? It would have been 86, because yep. I got here in the March 87. Yep. Yeah, so it would have been Christmas And so what did um, John say to you? Oh, well, he just started, he, he, like he started off, uh, just introduced himself on the phone, yep. basically. He says, I'm blah, blah, blah. And he's an Englishman, been through yep. the same. He, kind of like a parallel story really yeah. started up done well ended up uh, you know uh, I can't remember where he ended up play, which was his last club but I know he was at Lincoln for a while yeah Lincoln at Oxford maybe and then he ended up in Australia and then he was, he was coaching so he asked if I'd be interested and I said well, I'll talk it over with the wife and yep. blah, blah, blah. so I uh I, I did that. We spoke about it and says, "Well, we'll we'll go out there and we'll give it a go." And uh, came out initially because, like, we were going to pay. Our, we had nothing to lose really because we were getting our airfares paid. Yeah. Uh, they'd find us some accommodation, help us get a job as well, and play. And so, I says, "Oh yeah, well, um, we'll give it a go." So I came out here. With the idea, well, we'll go to Australia, see what it's like, we'll give it six months and see yep. what it's like, so that was the idea. At this point of the podcast, I'm going to let John Fleming, the former Wollongong Wolves coach, tell the listener how the signing of Mike Holyfield came about 
and his thoughts on Mike. On the line here, I have uh, John Fleming, um, a, a previous interviewee on the Football United vs Soccer City podcast, and with our current interviewee, Mike Hollyfield, he was instrumental in bringing him out to Australia. John, welcome, and can you tell us uh, how you uh, picked Mike up? Well, basically, um, we were in the National League, and they... Uh uh, we found ourselves uh, pushed out because there was a North and South division at the time, yep. and uh, they amalgamated. And uh, we we found out that we were going to go to the State League, and uh, we didn't have a, a centre half. So I got in touch with a few friends in England, and uh, Mike had been playing at uh, Hull City, and one of my uh, friends who I played with, he was coaching there, and I asked okay. him about them. I asked him for a centre-back, and he said, I've got this uh, big lad, he's left-footed, he's a good player, a good bloke. Um, uh, Have a look at him. So uh, I got, I rang Mike Hollifield up, and he didn't have a club. And uh, himself, his wife, and uh, his young boy, they they ended up coming over here. And uh, lo and behold, when he came over here, um, I was looking for a centre-back or a sweeper. And uh, he said, oh, I can't play that. <laughs> uh, so um, we ended up with a left-back. And it was centre-back, really, that uh, was the position we were lacking because Scott Dixon had got a, a really bad injury. And, um, yeah, things evolved from there. And we, we've got a very, very good player. And uh, can you tell the listener, um, you know, a bit of uh, how how Mike played and, and what were his strengths? Well, I'll never forget the first game. We were playing at Penrith and it was probably 35 degrees. And um, Mike had been used to playing in England at the time where there was only one ball. So if you kick the ball out, <laughs> that ball had to come back into play. And it was a very, very close game. I think we were winning 3-2 with about five minutes to go. And he kicked the ball over the grandstand, you know, and he had a big red face and was <laughs> absolutely shattered. And uh, he had his hands on his knees and lo and behold, the ball boy gave them a ball and he threw it over his head and everybody was screaming at him. And uh, <laughs> it was it was uh, his first time he'd played with uh, more than one ball. So uh, it, was, it was very, very interesting. But Mike, Mike's talent obviously was... Um, Extremely left-footed, very, very good left foot, could ping balls 30, 40 yards to, to people's feet, and um, it was a great strength. But he was also very, very uh, good with his right foot. Um, probably not as good, but uh, it wasn't a foot that you just stand on. He, yeah. he could play. And um, he, made a, he made a big, um, what's the word? A big improvement to our defence. Uh, defensively, he was um, very, very strong and uh, killed it. I would think for eighteen months, he was probably the best left back in the country, without a doubt. But Wollongong, being a, an unfashionable team, um, I don't think we ever got the recognition that we deserved. You know, like perhaps Warwick Young, the best goalkeeper in Australia for two or three years. You know, and yeah. uh, never got a mention. But uh, that was life. Sincere thanks to John for doing this short snippet. Now back to the podcast. Which was 33 years ago. Yeah. So <laughs> what, what were your, uh, like I guess you were, a, like you said, a low ebb 
after you know the several years that you'd had being a pro yeah. and now um you know the wolves for whatever reason in 87 were back in the state league yeah. and so um what were your first thoughts of i guess um wollongong city and um and the players that you were playing with well initially uh, like i didn't know anybody when i got yeah. here and uh stepped off the plane and someone was there to meet us with my name and had the, my wife and my young son Neil at the time, and we, uh, unbeknownst to me, it was uh, Laurie Kelly's uh, driver because Laurie Kelly used to be the, the speaker, the parliamentarian yeah. speaker. He had his <laughs> own driver. He picked us up, took me straight to John Fleming's place in Fairy Meadow, and I met John, and uh, ended up uh, they put me up in the <laughs> in a hotel motel, yep. which was really nice. Put me up in there for a week. Back of the cabbage tree. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> well, and uh, anyway, well, it was good. Middlesbrough stayed there in '75. Uh, so. Back of the cabbage tree. Yeah, did they really? Yeah. Oh well, there you go. So yeah, stayed there. That's and, what I'm. That's what I'm laughing about. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> stayed there, and then we we found a place in Coromel, and then uh, I, I just thought, oh, I really got to try and uh, make this work. Yep. Because you know you slip down to the slip down to the fourth division, and no disrespect to come to Australia, all of a sudden it's it's semi professional. Yeah. You know, and then uh, I thought, geez, I've really got to make this work, otherwise, I'd really put myself on the scrap heap mentally. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I would have had problems picking myself off the floor if I if I'd failed. You know, yeah. that's what that's how I used to think. So, for like the first month or two months I really buckled down yep. so to speak just concentrating on the football uh, get to know the guys yeah. settling in get the, getting my fitness up because I, I like I'd come from winter to to the summer here yep. and uh, my first game for the Wolves I remember leaving England uh, and it was absolutely freezing we were waiting for the bus to pick us up and I that like was on this coach ticket thing to, to the airport and we went for the bus in the high street in Stockton with our parents, my parent like my mum, my brothers a couple of my brothers yep. and Paula's mum and dad uh, and her sister and that and, uh, it was absolutely freezing <laughs> They're like we had this Siberian wind, that, that <laughs> winter we had these si Siberian winds blowing and it was like oh, it was so cold, it, was like t it felt like biting chunks out of your cheeks, <laughs> it was that cold and then I got here and then uh, I'd only been here like I don't know, I got here on Monday or two, I can't remember, but I hadn't been here long. And we had our first game on that weekend, and then we uh, I was straight into the side at uh, playing centre half, and then uh, our first game was out at Penrith, and I just remember it was about thirty degrees. <laughs> and after about ten minutes, I was like the colour of a tomato. I was dying. <laughs> it's that hot. And 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 what it, what about um, uh, Flem or John John as a as a coach slash manager? Um, how did you find him? Yeah, I found him uh, a really good motivator. To be honest, yep. Like we he got together, we were a decent side. Like he 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 retained. Yeah, there was a, a lot of his players different from the year like uh, Melando, Skeen, um, Cotamanides, uh, Ainsworth, Eastthorpe, Duraldi, Brodnick. Yeah. So there yeah. was it was a very there's some NSL players in there. Yeah, I think he'd retained, because I, I don't know what happened to them the year before. I think they got the, 
the flick from the National yeah. League. So I think he'd retained a lot of those players and just uh, got one or two more, I believe. And so I, I kind of slotted in quite well with him, I think. Yep. Um, still good, good friends with a lot of them today. So for you, um, I guess it was a great season. You'd knuckled down and, and proven yourself. And, and then um, for me, because you'd never, I guess, played in a... I guess a league where they have a grand final it's always just the league championship you'd won the league and then was it a bit weird for you to then play semi-final football? Yeah it, it is yeah <laughs> but I think uh, yeah it is it seems a bit strange you're like oh, you've, you've proved you're the best in the comp <laughs> now you've got to go and win the trophy <laughs> haven't we won the trophy? <laughs> We've just proved over 26 games we're the best in the, in the competition but now, you, now you're going to play in these playoffs and, and that's a bit that's a strange. Still can't. To be honest, I still can't get my head around it today. Neither can I. But um... you know, because I think, you know what? Like, when you come to the the playoff, I know it's an Americanized system. It might yeah. work for rugby league. It might work for AFL. But I know when I was playing with the Wolves and other football lads I've spoken to, all, all I want to do is win the so-called minor premiership because the minor premiership proves you're the best side yeah, over beat, whatever how many twice. games and played everybody twice. Yeah. So um, grand finals a bonus, I think. And I think in that year, you um, were first above Canberra City, and then um, you beat them in the grand final. Yeah, we beat them in the grand final at Parramatta, I think. Yeah, yeah, if, if I recall right. Yeah, so it was a good, it was a good year in in, and in, so that, in that respect. So for you that year, um, the body was turning around. I'm assuming the family was okay, and and you're enjoying it enough to then. The Wolves were in the the NSL the next year that you thought oh, I'm going to stay and yeah well and they, have they asked game. me yeah they asked me to stay we got promotion we we'd done quite well uh, they offered me another contract to stay uh, which I wanted to stay because yep. you know I think once you once that things start going well and you've got a bit of success yep. it's why not stay there and, and enjoy it you know and we was we were settling in, into Wollongong quite nicely. Uh, over the over the first few, I used to get terribly homesick though. Yeah, but um, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, I, I used to get terribly homesick, but like I, when I first left home, nearly seven, I was almost seventeen when I first left home yeah. in the northeast. I used to get terribly homesick then, and you'd miss family and friends and and you know your hometown and that. I used to get terribly homesick, uh, like me, and my. my me and Paul are ex-wife now, like, but yep. we we started. I, I knew her since I was eleven years old, and we started courting at school when we were fifteen, like the last year at school, and then so she's been on this journey with me, if, yeah. if you like. So she's got two ups and downs with with them to put up with me as well, you know, and uh, so yeah, we 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 settled in here quite well, but it, we we used to get terribly homesick, um, and. Uh, yeah, I came for six months and we ended up having a daughter, Tegan, was born here because I ended up staying another two years after after that. Yeah. We stayed for three seasons and uh, and it was a bit of like the first year in the National League, back in the National League, I should yeah, say. Yeah, in 88. Yep. In 88 was when uh, Harry Michaels got involved, I think, that yeah. year and we had Alan Brazil and Trevor yeah. Francis and, and a couple Craney of visitors. and Ray Valestra came back. Yeah, well, Danny Craney came up from Melbourne He'd been playing in Melbourne, because that was strange. I'd met Danny once before, because Danny was playing for Celtic, yep. and the time I left 
Wolverhampton to go to Hull. I think Danny then went, he ended up going from Celtic to Wolverhampton oh. and he, he played for Wolverhampton. So it was good to, when Danny came, we kind of hit it off together because, you know, but he's, he's Scottish, I'll have to forgive him that leg. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we got on really well and we had we had mutual friends because he, he, he'd been... He'd been mates with the teammates, and I'd been mates with, you know, a couple so of years earlier. So it made earlier. it a bit easier. Made it easy for both of us, yeah, settled in, yeah. And, and what about that year on the field? Because we talk about, you know, grand finals, and I don't know what had happened. I don't think he's even played the semi-final series at home, even though you were the, the league champions. It was still a great achievement, and I think underrated by, by a lot of people in the area that that was a, a, a massive achievement to come from the state league the year before, and then... There were some quality teams that year to yeah. to win it on the last day of the season. Yeah, I think uh, I think yeah to come from to come from uh, the law, you know, from state league back into the national league, what, yeah. if you like, and win it. I think that yeah we probably don't look at it as a great uh, to say what a significant achievement it was really yep. to to come straight back up because. Yes, Harry Michaels got involved, a bit of an entrepreneur, and got us a yep. couple of guest players over here and there, which were fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but the nucleus of the side still was still the, the was still the same. Was still the same guys that had played in state league the year before. So we'd only like you know, like one time Trevor Francis came for a few weeks. Yep. It's only one player, <laughs> you know. Another still time, another Alan Brazil. We still got the the same ten other ten blokes. We're playing state league the year before, so it was good. Yeah, it was a good achievement. And and because you were, I guess, getting to know the yeah the teammates more. At that point in time, was there a, a time in the season where you guys thought, "Geez, uh, we're going really well here. We're working hard. We're playing well." Um, I think. When, uh, when did that sort of belief go to say, "Well, we can win this"? I'm I'm not sure. Cost like. When I got here, like uh, when I first got in, and Wollongong had been relegated, so yep. to speak, I think for whatever reason it was, I, I don't know why they got relegated, but I, I believe they're a bit hard done to yeah, by all accounts. Bit of soccer politics, bit of politics yep. which you know it's 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 a shame, but it, it does happen. So I think that left probably a hunger and a a, a bad taste in Wollongong's mouths and a yep. hunger to succeed. And I walked in to that hunger yep. and so a lot of them players had been with John on, on like he, he retained a lot back from National League yep. back into the State League so he retained them and they were determined to bounce back and I think I just got caught up in that it's like you say John of the coaches I'd been coached with overseas yep. um, the, the highest accolade I, I, John Fleming at that time in the first couple of years I was with him I'd put him on a par with John Barnwell or Ian Greve, anybody yeah. I'd, I'd been coached by, because he was a really good motivator. And if he can get the best out, you know, if he can get the best out of you, that's all a, a coach can ask for, you know. And yeah, I thought he got the best out of some of his players for sure. Was there an example of, uh, you know, a, a time where he did it with either yourself or someone else where you've gone, geez? I just think he used to, he used to motivate us by. I think, like, you know, we all did a warm-up together. We yep. all, like, into it together, focused together. And it kind of, like, it probably built a bit of momentum going through the season. And, and maybe with us going, 
members with them getting relegated back to state league that they might have been fancied as favourites. I'm not sure, but there was some a couple of decent sides in that yeah. state league at the time. I think Camera was one of them. Yeah, you know, they they were fancied, and uh, so I just got caught up in in the build up with that, and 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 yeah, I think they were determined to try and win it, and uh, it was it was a good time. And is up. there any games in that season or the last last round? Uh, where he's won the the minor premiership that you can recall. I can't really rec- I can't really recall. I remember late on one year we we had to beat Newcastle at home. I think it was towards the end of the year to, and uh, I just remember like because the weather in Australia like <laughs> when it's hot it's it's hot, <laughs> and sometimes when it rains it bloody buckets. You know that's what <laughs> it, that's what I've noticed about the weather here, and this one night playing at. Uh, well, it's the old showground, the showground, yeah. uh, Wind Stadium now, and it absolutely just tanked down all <laughs> game. But I think we ended up, we had to win it, but we ended up winning it about six nil. <laughs> but I, I loved it because I, I, I used to enjoy playing in the rain, but that was like torrential. I'd never played in it that heavy, to be honest. And uh, out of, uh, um, and and then the following year, you played the full season as well. Um, out of those first two or three years there. Um, with the Wolves, uh, who are the sort of players that sort of that impressed you the most? Well, I, I think everybody, like everybody, had their own little strengths. If you if you like, yep. some 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 people, are, I think, uh, like Pat Brodnick, he used to he used to score quite a, a lot of goals, and he was a bit of a handful, Pat, yep. for, for a lot of defenders. But like, he was he was quick, and uh, sometimes I think he, he he put his foot in there, and sometimes he. He'd catch her in training, or you know, oh, done me ankle in training, or hurt you in training. But he never—I don't think he ever meant it. He just, just one of them. That John got the best out of him for sure. He used to score a lot of goals. I think at one time he scored five or six in one game, and he held the record for the yeah, most goals did. in in one game. And I think Marshall Soper might have matched him a year or two, a couple of years later. And uh, what about little him? Raddy? Little Raddy was a good yeah. cross, great crosser of the ball. But like, like when I I used to, I thought Robbie Giraldi was a good player. Yeah. Cause like Robbie, he could he was quick. I mean, he, he, you know, he's about five, eleven, or sort of six foot, whatever. You know, he was good in the air. He was, he was strong, and he could he's had a left foot and a right foot, predominantly right, but he could still hit a ball with his left. I, I thought he was a good player, Robbie, in state league that year, the first year I met him. And then yeah. what about um, the guys that you had around you in defence? Yeah, uh, well, the first year, the first year, I think uh, it was Skeeney at right yep. back. Scotty Dick, I think Scotty Dixon yep. was there. Yep. Jock. Yep. Uh, myself. Uh, I think that was a bit of the nucleus of the back four at the time. For that first year yeah. back in state league, but I came like I came here. I was like a. The visa. Uh, well, I was like a set. I was supposed to be, because John was looking for a centre half. But for about six or seven years, I'd just been, well, probably longer than that, I'd been just playing left back all the time. Yep. I used to play centre half when I was like 15, 16. Yep. And I went to Wolves as a centre half or left side of player. And it was John Barnwell that time, he just started playing me left back all the time because I could get up and down the flank and I, yep. I could distribute a bit with my left foot. So he shoved me to left back. So when I took this phone call from John, he says, Oh, because I'm looking for. Uh, the centre half. I went, oh yeah, yeah, I'm centre half. Yeah, <laughs> like thinking, I'll just tell him I'm centre half. <laughs> Doesn't matter, I'm a left back. And uh, it was only when I got here 
Um, because Brian Coakley was here as well. Brian yeah. was a Welsh lad. He was with us. And Brian had heard of me and knew me. And John had mentioned to Brian Coakley, I've been speaking with this uh, Mike Hollyfield. He's, he's, he's centre half. He's going to come over this, that, that, because we, we need someone down the middle. And Brian says, oh, he's a left back, isn't he? He goes, no, nah, he's... He told me he's a centre half. He says, oh, "I'm sure he's a left back." Flem. He goes, "You look at you look it up." And like that. And I swear he was. I think he's looked it up and says, "Oh yeah, he's a left back." So next time on the phone, he's brought it up again. Oh yeah, because uh, like I say, I'm looking for the centre half. You know, I'm really desperate for someone down the middle. And he goes, "Oh, you are a centre half, aren't you?" <laughs> I thought, "Oh shit, he's probably he might know." And I just says, "Oh look," I says, "I, I was honest with him on the phone." I, in England, I says, look, I, uh, I've been playing left-back for six or seven years. I'm, I've been playing left-back all the time, left-back, left-midfield type thing. I says, but I started off at centre-half. I says, I'm yeah. sure I can adjust. Once I get there, I'll adjust back to centre-half, OK. So I got when I got here, I think I played a couple of games, and then uh, Jock was left-back, I think. Okay. And then uh, I think Jock got injured or something like that. I don't know if Jock got hurt. So I ended up slotting into left back, and I can't remember who played centre half alongside Scotty Dixon, and I'm not sure. But then it was just like, oh, I probably, John probably seen a difference in my game because yep. I was getting forward a bit more, yep. using my distribution a bit more on the left hand side. So once I'd gone into left back, I'd just stayed there then. I'd, I never went back to centre half for him at all. So. And. Um... Like you said, you, you you played then the next season in '89, the full season, and the, and the team um, went okay, but not as well as the season. Actually, I missed before. the start of that season. Yeah, yeah, because pre-season over that park over here, there that's uh, yeah, Dalton, Dalton Park. park. Yeah, yep. we used to train. We were training there, leading up to using Brandon Park, because that was the first year we went to Brandon yeah. Park, and we were training over there and ended up uh, striking a ball and just went back too far and again, snapped another metatarsal in my foot so then I was in I was in Placer again that was the first year of back into National League yep. the year that so State League went very well but just been getting into back into National League I broke my foot again so that's three times uh, and then again I was in Placer for a while and I think I think I was on the bench coming back from that injury because I'd done all the pre-season this was just before the season started I think I think and um I was on the bench when we copped the caning off Marconi at home about 5-0. <laughs> and I think I went on that game in the second half. But we, the, the game was already gone. It might have been 5 or even 6-0. So that was a, it was a shocking result at home against Marconi. And tragic, tragically, was there. Robbie Giraldi got a real bad injury out of that. Mm. Where he broke his... He dislocated his ankle and broke his leg, I think, in, in a tackle... Uh, in that game, I'm pretty sure it was that one, yeah. So the following year, you, you had the full season. So yeah. uh, at the end of that year, you, is that when you decided because of homesickness and whatnot that you'd, you would uh, go back home? Yeah, well, um, I think in that third, in that, like the first year was State League, went really well, won the comp. Yeah. Second year, just start with an injury we got in the yeah. side, went really well and we, we won the minor premiership albeit on yeah. goal difference but it's still a great great year yeah. the third year um, John didn't finish the John year didn't I think finish John, the John third Common year yeah. uh, the third year um, I ended up playing centre half for Dougie I played at the back for Dougie Collins uh, 
but um, at, at some stage I was playing centre half for him and I was comfortable enough there really uh, so yeah John had left I wasn't sure what was happening because I don't think Dougie I think Dougie knew he wasn't staying he was just caretaker yeah yep. but Harry was still involved and then I'd, I'd made up my mind earlier because I just had my daughter and was born like the year before yep I came out in March 87 Tegan my daughter was born in uh, late September 88 so we decided. I decided I was going to go home after the end of this year, regardless. I was going yep. home for a holiday because I wanted. I was homesick. I wanted to see people, and so uh, Harry Michaels wanted to see me prior to me leaving. So I, I went to see Harry up in Sydney and uh, caught up with him there, and we had a, a bit of a chat, and then uh, it, it was all a bit vague because um, he says, "Oh." I went to see him where his office was because Harry was into uh, his, his uh, TV studios yep. things. And I went up there with a couple of friends, uh, Steve Quirk and Frank Satton. Yep. So me and Steve and Frank Satton went up. We drove up there. I don't know who drove. Frank might have drove the car. Gets up there, goes to Harry's office. He invites me upstairs. He leaves the boys downstairs. There's a bar downstairs. <laughs> you have a drink, boys. Me and Michael go and talk upstairs. <laughs> so he goes upstairs. And have a, have, we have a bit of a chat. And he wants me to stay. Uh, but he's not really giving much away. But he's also inviting us for lunch. So he says, oh, come on, we'll go for lunch. He takes me to the RP club. Yep. And we're sitting there in the RP club and he introduces us to some bloke out the RP club. Oh, this is all, hello there, how are you doing? And I've got Steve and, and uh, Frank, you know. And they're having beers and we're having a meal. And I'm just talking, we're talking in general. And then Harry's talking a bit and... And I thought, what's he on about now? Because one minute he's with, he's talking about Wollongong, yep. you know, the next year Wollongong, next year Wollongong, and then another sent a couple of minutes later, he's on another tangent talking to this bloke about something else. <laughs> so when we get back to the, have a few drinks, and get back to his office and see the boys go downstairs, I go, Harry, what's going on, mate? I yeah. says. I says, are you going to be at the... I says, you're talking there. Are you talking to me yet? I says, are you going to at the Wolves or what? <laughs> what are you doing? He goes, oh, he goes, I'm not sure yet. He goes, uh, look, he says, I'm probably going to be still at Wollongong. He says, but Arpia want me to go to Arpia. Right. He says, they want me on the board there, blah, 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 get me involved there. Or I will be at Wollongong. Because I knew John was out the picture and, yeah. and, and uh, Dougie wasn't going to be... So, so that was kind of like, oh... So he says, look, if you go to, if you come to Wollongong, I'll pay you this. Yep. He says, if you come to RPA, I'll pay you that. <laughs> like, he was going to get me a job at RPA. He says, I'll get you a job in the club, just collecting glasses, come and yep. play for me and that. But it would mean probably living in Sydney as well, because I, I wouldn't want to travel up down. So anyway, I says, well, look, I says, I'm going, I'm flying out tomorrow, because yep. I was already going, you know. And uh, so I was none the wiser, uh, when I left, whether I was going to be at Wollongong or Arpia, it'll yeah. get sorted out while I'm over there. Yeah. And uh, so next morning, I, I'm staying at Robbie Giraldi's place, me and Paula and, and, the, and the kids, because we're, fly, we're flying out the next day. So I just had this conversation with Robbie saying, I don't know where I'm going to be. But we get the paper the next morning, it's all about, I'm leaving to go to Arpia. I says, well, I never said that. You know, this is the, just <laughs> the day I'm leaving, it's in the paper. Oh, that's bullshit, that, because I, I haven't said, I didn't say this, I'm leaving or whatever. 
So anyway, I uh, we booked a holiday because John Fleming had told us, oh, we should have a holiday on the way home, Michael, blah, blah, blah. So we did. We went to Penang where John had yeah. been on his first trip. He told us all about it. Sounds great. So me and Paul and the kids had a, a week in, in uh, Malaysia on the way home. Got home. So I'd, by the time I got home, I'd, I'd had a week nice on holidays. Yeah, nice relax. Get home. And after about three, four days, I haven't had a phone call off Harry, which I'm <laughs> expecting, you know. So then it's a case of, uh, uh, I end up ringing Danny Craney, because Danny was still here. I thought, oh, Danny will know what's going on. He's mates with Harry, he, you know, da, da, da. I says, oh, Danny, uh, just on the blower, you know. I says, I haven't heard from Harry what's going on. He goes, he goes, oh, haven't you heard? I went, heard what? He goes, oh, he got this, he, he's not with the wolves. He's not with Harpier. <laughs> he's not with anybody. So I went, oh, where does that leave me? Yeah, you know, exactly. so he left me a bit. Well, I was left eye and dry, yeah. Because yeah. the wolves said, oh, he was going to leave us anyway. Uh, we don't want him back type of thing. Yep. Uh, and I, I, he wasn't at Arpia, so I couldn't go to Arpia. So I was going back for a bit of a holiday, but I ended up back there for 14 months, I think. And so, did, you, did you play when you were over there? Yeah, I ended up just playing a bit of part-time again. Yep. Uh, and I used to play... Saturday, I was playing on a Saturday for somebody. I can't remember. It was South Bank. Yep. Uh, playing for them on a Saturday, and then playing for our local social club on yeah. a on a Sunday morning. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah, I used to play for the Rosie <laughs> Rosewith Club on a Sunday morning, which was good. Again, just because they were playing on Sunday mornings just outside Mum's house, so I, <laughs> I used to go. I used to go up my Mum's on a Sunday morning and. She'd give us a bit of breakfast and the lads would be out there putting the, putting the posts in the net. So I'd say, I'm not going out yet. I'm just sitting here, man. It's too cold. We'll have to go to the sheds. So uh, you did come back for the 1991 season, but um, in the NSL, and, and David Ratcliffe was coach. Yeah. So did he give you a call then? or Yeah, did Dave, I think. He then I think, tried to get you back then? Yeah, Dave tried to get me back. And uh, so, yeah, I'd love to come back. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to come back, blah, 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 because I've been really successful the first three yeah. years, and I was keen. And uh, he says, oh, there's new people involved on the committee. It's Michael Pradanovich was one yep. of them. Uh, I remember him saying, and this bloke, that bloke. And uh, I said, oh, yeah. I said, uh, yeah, no, what is this? Well, what what can you do? What, what are you gonna? He goes, oh, well, we'll get you the job when you get back, da, da, da. I said, well, okay. I says, get to pay me airfares, and we'll come back out, you know, because yeah. they, they're not cheap at the time, yeah. the airfares. So, so I says, get him to pay me airfares and we'll come back and hopefully do it all again type of thing, you know. So anyway, goes back, comes back in a week's time or whatever, they spoke to the committee. Nah, they won't pay you airfares, uh, Michael. You're going to have to pay them yourself. So oh, that's been asked to be money, Dave. I says, go back and see if they'll pay half, you yeah. know. So he goes back, oh, look, he'll pay half, which is fair to me. You yeah. pay half, I'll pay half. You're getting a player for free, you know. <laughs> So I came back again, no, no, we're not paying half. So I had to pay me. So I paid for my own airfares. And then when I got here, um, I came out a week before the wife and the kids. I flew out. I stayed with Robbie Giraldi until yep. uh, I found a, a place for a week. And then the wife and the kids came over. That was it. And then I just got back into training with Dave and played that year. But I also tried to uh, I put in a... An application for permanent residency. Yep. So we'd realised gone. We'd had such a good spell here, and then gone back home. Great being back home with, with family the family and friends, friends but different realised different lifestyles, much better for the kids. 
things were going well for me over here and yep. I thought I'll you know try and put a get a residency in and then we could decide you know if we want to stay type thing because it's really difficult sometimes like uh, it proved to be really difficult actually and it was a really difficult period for us trying to get my residency through and um, yeah uh, it was a bit of a, a tough fight to get for me but for you on uh, from a footballing perspective because you did um, uh, that season uh, play about 24 games with under David Ratcliffe yeah. you must have been I guess in a football sense in a happier spot the last three or four seasons that you'd had because you had turned yourself around from where oh, you'd been in, in headspace wise yeah. mentally wise yeah I was in a, I was in a much better place because it had been success I yeah. think you know if, if you've got success doesn't matter what you do if you're having success at it it, it makes you in a, a better place but if you're yeah. if you're struggling in anything really life in general if you're struggling yeah. it can get depressive yeah. and and that's how it was. It doing something you actually love, and you know you, you love a sport, and you're doing it, and it's just you're on that slippery slope, and it's not going right, and you, it, you just keep going, getting knocked further down, it's hard further to change down. That momentum. And uh, it took me. I, I got here, and it, it kind of like changed a bit for me, and turned, and then, uh, I, and I suppose you're enjoying playing a bit more as well. You're playing with a smile on your face as well, you know, instead of a bit of anger if it's gone. And what about David Ratcliffe as a coach? Uh, how did you find him? Uh, yeah, Dave. Dave was good. Yeah, Dave was. Dave was. Uh, he, uh, he. He was new. I think yep. he, he hadn't coached before, uh, so he probably he had his own ideas on how to do things. Uh, yeah, so he, he had a he had a, a decent squad there. Uh, he, he did. He did well with what he had. Uh, trying to bring one or two other youngsters through as well. And he did. He did well with some of them because obviously one of them he brought through was Matty Horsley, yeah. who went on to do exceptionally well. He's he's had a good career, Matt. Done well. So um, for you, um, you had a I guess a, a full season that ninety ninety one season, yeah. ninety one ninety two. Um, yeah. You then played less, so we uh, I guess not in his in his plans. I guess. Yeah. yeah well, I think I can't remember when it was because I put this application in. Because yep. uh, when I first came out here, I was allowed to. You could get a job, yep. and you could play your sport and have the two incomes. But in that period when I was back back home, things had changed. The laws had changed in that fourteen months I was home. So if I was coming out to play a sport, I wasn't allowed to get employment. Okay. So um, I actually. Um, so it was tough, I could only tough get, financially as well. It was well. tough financially, yes. Yeah. So it, so the Wolves had to pay me through the off-season yep. when they've got no income, which made it extremely difficult. And, and because the NSL um, was was summer, you then, uh, in that in that off-season, you then went to, to Lysarts and, um, and and had applied and become the player coach. So how did you, how did you find Lysarts? Yeah, um, I ended up... Uh, yeah, our season finished, and I think uh, they were like maybe it was a third of the. I thought it was about a third of the way into the into the local season at the time. And Scott Dixon, the next player who I was with the Wolves a couple of years earlier, he was player coach there. Yep. And uh, Scotty had got a new job in the university at Tamworth, I think. Yep. And uh, so Lysarts were looking for a, a player coach, and I think uh, Scotty. Uh, 
had spoke to the Life Arts Committee and recommended he speak to, uh, I think it was me and David Skeen. Yep. So me and Skeen, he had an interview with the Life Arts Board or a couple of the directors and anyway, they ended up giving it to me. So I went to Life Arts in that off-season as a player coach and uh, really enjoyed it. Found, met some really nice people. It was a good little club. And the, probably the biggest bonus was we managed to stave off relegation, which was great. <laughs> So yeah, it was. Uh, I enjoyed it. That was great. And, and how did you enjoy? Uh, uh, I guess the taste of coaching. Uh, actually, it was. Uh, it was. It took me a while to realise it was different and it was difficult, really, to be honest. Because I remember just. I don't. Know, it was while I was here, or just before I left. I think it was while I was here, but I think Liverpool might have done a double in about '88. I think. And Kenny Dalglish was player yeah. manager. And I was playing manager at Lysart one year, and, I th- and Kenny's done the double. I thought, God, he's, he's made it look easy. How's he, how's he doing that? You know. And then it took me, I don't know, I don't know how long it was before stupid me realised. I thought, well, he's he's I'm 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 playing coach, and I, I'm I'm having a it, concentrating on your own game, and you're trying to play other people's games at the same time. You yeah. know, and your own game can suffer, and it can be frustrating. Uh, so yeah, I, I found player coaching at the time a bit frustrating. Yeah. After that, you you then went to. Um, uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. You I'd, then I'd, had a year at Russellvale. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but um, that's right. I guess for you, was it more of a case of for yourself and your family that you were focusing on residency and and that you wanted to get on with the rest of your life that you thought well I needed to yeah I think, focus on getting a job and I'll, I'll play football in the local league yeah I think I think what it was you start to like uh, broaden your horizons a little bit yep. instead of like because the first three years I was here I think I just knew people within the wool within the walls not not f- further further afield you know yep. so to speak so yeah we had our little our group of players with the Wolves in the first three years or so which was great but then you start to like uh, when I, when I uh, was with Lysart start to meet a few people and like I say I ended up uh, playing for Russell Vale for Ricky Fox yeah uh, so um, how did because you'd been I guess player coach at, at Lysart so was there a chance that you'd go back there or, or did did Ricky get in contact with you and say come and play at Russellvale yeah well I think at the end of that year I was I, I'd had some difficulties uh, trying to organise my visa, yep. and uh, after the player coaching stint at Lysarts, I had an application in for my visa, and uh, I was I was going. They wanted me to stay on at Lysarts and, and coach, but I thought it, it wasn't fair on the players that were there or the yep. club because at any time if I'm if coaching, there was any at any time I could have like heard heard news that oh my visa's been rejected and I might have to go back yeah. overseas so it wasn't fair on them so I ended up signing for Ricky Ricky Fox out at Northern United oh it was Russell, was Russell Bell yeah it yeah, was, it was Russell Bell yeah it was the year before Northern yeah. United became Northern United I think it was the last year of Russell Bell I think and so I ended up going out there because I thought well if I go out as just a player yep. at least I'm, I'm not letting I'm, you know I'm not letting everybody down so to speak if I've got a if for whatever reason I end up back in the UK so you end up, uh, I guess, that one in uh, the Russellvale. Um, they'd got promoted the year before in in first division '92, and the '93 they're in the Premier League. So it was a, I guess, a bit of a struggle. But did you enjoy the season 
season with them? Yeah, I did. Because uh, you were playing, you were playing with folks like uh, well, Robbie was there. Winnig, uh, Robbie Giraldi. Yeah, Billy. Billy was a good mate of mine. David Such and Glenn Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew all those some, guys. Some good and guys. Good, some good blokes. Jason and, Winnig and good mates with them as well, and 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 still good mates with them today. You know. Yeah. So that that was yeah, it was a a good period as well. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And um, after that, you you then, um, I guess, went back to Lysarts in '94 um, under Richard Evans. So, yeah. Uh, was was that were you a chance to stay at Russellvale, or did Lysarts then approach you, or Richard uh, approached I, I you? I think I ended up uh, getting back uh, with a, with my visa. I got my visa yeah. sorted out, and uh, yeah. so I came back because I ended up leaving after that year with Russellvale. Had to go back to the UK and for a period of time. For yep. a pe- short period of time, while my visa got sorted, and so when I came back, um, I, uh, I I thought, oh yeah, I'll go because I'd really enjoyed the club at Lysarts at yep. that time and good people at both clubs, Russell yeah. Bale and and, Ly- and Lysarts. So, but I ended up going back to Lysarts, and uh, I think I ended up staying there for till the end of my career. Yeah, well, <laughs> how was how was Richard as a coach? Um, yeah, good technical. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Dicky was, uh, yeah, he, 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 Dicky was okay. He was a good bloke. Because yeah, you were playing so with, like, um, in that year, you were playing with some, you know, uh, the Spencer brothers. You know, uh, Bobby Brody, uh, Zufik. Uh, you know, I think uh, Stuart McLaren uh, even came back from the Wolves that year, and you know, uh, Colin Luff, uh, yeah. Shepherd, and all those. So, guys, so was it a matter of because you'd been there before and there was a few, few things of, were starting to pick up there? A few of them names there that you just mentioned there, they were like uh, one or two of them were youth team players. And when I went, uh, when I was player coach, I, I gave some of them the debut, I think. Yep. And then they'd stayed, I'd left and then they'd stayed. So it was good to go back and play alongside some of those lads. And like I say, Dickie had got a few players from here and there as well with the, with the Wolves, Wolves and that, so yeah, it was it was good, yeah. And and what about uh, Lysarch Recreation Oval because um, it's it's a beautiful ground. How did you find it? I, I found it as a beautiful ground apart from that cricket, cricket strip pitch. that everybody used to slip and fall on. <laughs> but apart from that, it was like yeah, not that I've ever played at Wembley, but I'm sure it was like Wembley. Yeah. And. Ninety-five and ninety-six um, and nineteen ninety-seven. You know, it was probably um, you know a, a, the highest point in in Lysarts's, his period um, for for a long period of time because Casey De Bruyne came in. Yeah. And um, you know things, I guess, went to a another another level. Uh, how did you find Casey as a coach? Because a, a lot of people that I've spoken to in in past interview, young guys and and other guys as well. Uh, He's a bit of, I guess, a, a very technical, knowledgeable man, and and a bit of a dynamo, and really promotes very good football and and kids as well. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with all of that. I found him. Uh, uh, he was very professional for the level we're at. Yeah. He was. He was probably, you know, like no disrespect to anybody, but I played at a high level, and uh, Case was probably really professional for the level we we're at he, yeah. he should have been at a higher level coaching other better players i think you know because he he was that uh, that type of guy he demanded he demanded a uh, 100% out of everybody a level of, uh, a level of excellence and sometimes he probably he might have got a bit frustrated here and there cuz you know at the end of the day no disrespect to anybody but 
we're only down, we're only playing at that level because that's the best level we can probably play at, you yeah. know. So, and that's basically what it is. If, if you're playing at this level, whether you've reached your peak or what, but um, you know, as long as you're enjoying your football, I think that's that's the main thing. Just enjoy your football, you know. Because there were some some very good players in that that couple of years where Casey took you guys. Um, you know, the likes of the Spencer brothers, you know, I think Johnny Danzo, Steve Krishna, yeah. even uh, the keeper, Warwick Young, yeah, who, Warwick, who, who yeah, Warwick played with back, before, yeah, yeah. Um, Phil Matthias and Shane Williams. So, yeah, good side. Uh, I think even in that second year, years one, and against some other teams that were spending a, a lot more money than you guys would. Yeah. So was there a level of satisfaction? Yeah, I think there was. Uh, like, I just remember Casey demanded... Casey demanded high standards, and I think we 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 worked hard to provide them. You know, I remember like I'm good mates with uh, Peter Beggs. Yep. Uh, Beggs, he was he coached uh, a few sides here, mm-hmm. and he's had a lot of success with with Dan Delu at the time. And um, I just remember him saying, because he I think he coached Yunander at one time as well. Yeah. And but it, I remember him saying like a couple of years ago, he says we were. For the local, for the local team, like we were the best side he'd seen football-wise, those those years with Casey for knocking it about and uh, moving the ball quickly oh. and leaving teams for dead, if if so to speak. Apart from Port Kembla once or twice, yeah, <laughs> they left us for dead. <laughs> <laughs> and what about um, yourself? Uh, I guess there in particular, you know, your left foot was, I guess, synonymous with. You know, the team was excellent, but, you know, I was coming into grade at that time and, and watched you a few times, and and was that always um, something that you used uh, short, medium to long, that you could really ping a ball with, with great accuracy? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, anybody who knows me or have seen me play, they'll probably say, oh, yeah, well, you know. I remember once uh, someone says, oh, I was playing, I was playing a game, I was playing at... Uh, I was playing for Hull City uh, against Oxford, and uh, there used to be a coach Jim Smith. He used to coach Newcastle at one time. Jim yep. Smith, he was at Oxford, and we play. I remember we playing uh, playing Oxford at home at Boothbury Park at Hull, and the winger. I can't remember the winger George. Somebody, he's a big, strong, robust lad, and uh, I just remember him shouting, "Keep on it! Keep on his right! Keep <laughs> or keep on his left!" or something like that. He's all left foot. He's all left foot. He's shouting. He's all left foot. He's all left foot. <laughs> and uh, I've says, uh, I've knocked the ball down the line anyway, and I'm right by the dugout. I says, yeah. And I've just, I remember saying, I'm all left foot because it's that good. I don't need a right one, you know, <laughs> type thing. But in hindsight, like, yeah, I only had a left foot really, basically. But uh, it was a that was my asset, and I used to play to my asset, I suppose. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I mean, I'm tall enough but I was never strong in the air for my height really that yep. wasn't my strength my strength was my distribution I think a bit of determination and distribution and you know motivation motivate other players or try to try not to bollock them too much <laughs> a bit of encouragement here and there and was it good um, in that period there um, in those sort of mid 90s where you saw blokes like Noel Spencer and, and, and Paul Harry's and, and sort of guys like that then go on from yeah it was great I think yeah especially sort of playing yeah. with yourself and other guys that had played at a high level and playing yeah under Casey. yeah it was it was great because like that's what you want to do with if you've got a good kid up and coming you you want to see him you want to see him go on you know yep. uh, and 
I mean, because Saul was nice to say, oh, you know, if he plays for Australia, I remember I used to play with him. Yeah, I used to play with him and taught him everything. He was rubbish. Taught him everything. He's, you know, but yeah, it's great to see the to see the kids come through and, and, and kick goals, so to speak, yeah, and kick on and do really well. And I remember playing against Chips, you know, Scott yeah. Chipperfield. I remember playing... Uh, when he was playing for Fernhill. I Hill. think it was that Fernhill yeah. one, yeah, yeah. And, and he's coming at me at the left, and I, I didn't really know him that well, you know, but I knew, I knew he was quick, and, and I've got had plenty of experience, and he was only a young lad, and, and he had me a bit bamboozled one time, I remember, because he's going left, he's going right, he's just running at me. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he could go either way, Chippers. It, I, 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 well, I thought he could. He's coming at me down the, down the left wing, uh, down the right wing it was, so I don't yeah. know what he was doing over there anyway, but... Yeah, and then for him to see Scotty go on and, and do really well, you know, it's great. It's great for the area. Well, I mean, really, the Illawarra, it's renowned for to be a, a hotbed of, of football, really. Yeah. And it, I dare say it has been for such a long time. Well, well, well before I got here. And uh, well may it continue, because yeah, I think it's great for the region. And and what about, um, you know, uh, I guess the local league you, you'd played, I guess... State League with the Wolves and then the NSL, but were you surprised at at um, not just the strength of the league, but the the money that was offered to and and spent by other clubs? Not that you know, Lysart's you know spent money as well. Yeah. but it doesn't surprise you that a league at that level was. Still... Uh, I, I think so. I think what surprised. I think it just got blown out somewhere along the line. Got blown out of proportion. Yeah. I mean, you got teams. I don't even know what to spend, but you got teams. Paying players and spending money, uh, and they might be spending eight, I don't know, eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year on players and winning a trophy that's worth twenty grand, <laughs> or whatever, whatever the prize money is. I'm not even sure if there is prize money. You get the yeah. trophy, maybe you get some prize money, but just got blown out of proportion, I think, for whatever reason. I'm not sure, but you know, what do you do? You just move with the times, don't you? Yeah. Like, I remember when I coached Lysarts, um <laughs> There was a lad, I think he was playing for, uh, I don't know if he was playing for Balambi at the time, big lad, Mickey Rombouts, I think they, I think they called him. And uh, I thought, I'll try and get to sign him, because I thought, oh, you know, he might go all right at the back. He was a big blonde-haired lad. And my enticement was, so he says, oh, what, what are you going to pay us? Like, What's Lysart's going to pay? And this was the first time I was at Lysart's player coach. Yep. I said, well, I can't pay you anything. I said, but if you're lucky, we might be able to get you a pair of boots. <laughs> <laughs> but we never. <laughs> yeah, so. So in, in that period at Lysart, was it 98 or 99 that you you finished up? Warwick Young was coaching. Yeah, Warwick, Warwick coached in 98 and and 99. It and was 99 then. It was the second season with Warwick. Yep. Yeah, it was Warwick's second season. But I, I, I yeah, because first season he was there, I remember, um, I'd already planned to go for a holiday overseas. I think yep. the World Cup was on in '98, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. In yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. So I, I remember uh, I was going back for the, I was going back while to England while the World Cup was on. So Warwick already knew that I was going. So when he came to the club. As a coach, because he, he was goalkeeper for yeah. us for a while there, and then a spell. But when he came back, I told him that. And he says, "Oh, just you know, I just want you to play, do your best for me while you can." Which uh, I played right up till I uh, left for me six weeks holiday, obviously, yeah. which very unprofessional of me. <laughs> I, I realised, but I mean, I was 
I was, I don't know, 36, 37 then. And uh, so, yeah, when I came back after six weeks holidaying over there, I, I wasn't the fittest I'd been. And so I'd kind of like, uh, I, I struggled the, the last, you know, by the time I got back, it wasn't, wasn't too many games to the end of the season. But I got back in, I was straight back in the side, but struggled a bit fitness-wise. And then the following year, I thought, oh, I let I let Warwick down last year, so yeah. I was really determined to have a to get in some kind of decent shape, and uh, and have a really good year for him, and then uh, so anybody who knows me, I like I'm, I'm a social type of person to put yeah. it to put it mildly. <laughs> only on weekends if anybody's listening. <laughs> it's Thursday night now, and I'm sat at home, <laughs> like every Thursday night, and. Uh, yeah, so I'd enjoyed myself socially over there and ate well and drank well for six weeks. Came back, wasn't the fittest, struggled to the end. And then the next pre-season, I thought, now I'm going to have a real good go this year and pay Warwick back because yeah. I probably felt, I felt I'd let him down yeah. the year before. And so I had a really good, I'd, I'd, uh, fitness-wise, I was probably at the best I'd been for quite a, a while, you know, uh, considering my age and that. And so I worked really hard for three months uh, in the pre-season, uh, not going out. I wasn't going out socially at all. I was just concentrating on my fitness. And then I think the second game in, played Olympic at home. And uh, after the game, was social. <laughs> Went out socially and then uh, unfortunately I was uh, I got hit by a car as a pedestrian and that was kind of the end of my career. So, uh, looking back on it, uh, apart from still being alive, which would have been, a, I was guess, a, bonus. a blessing. Yeah, <laughs> bit but of a was, bonus. was it a bit disappointing to, you know, not go out the the way you want to, or did you think yeah, you had a fair well, run at it? Ah, uh, look, I think I'd had a, a mixed bag. Really, yeah. I've got, you know, I'm, and I've, ups and downs. Ups and downs, but that's life does that to you. And <laughs> that's what makes you, your character strong or weak or whatever. But you just got to keep going. My my plat my my hope was, I thought, oh, if I could play at that level, I was hoping to play for Lysarts and go out when I was about 40. Yep. Uh, that was me. That was what I wanted Dying. to do. I thought if I could reach 40 and at that level and finish there, that that's not a bad effort, you know. So that was my plan. But like I say, I, got, I was a pedestrian, got hit by a vehicle uh, not long before my 39th birthday. So I got yep. to 38, nearly 39. But, yeah, I've had a... You know, I, I'm lucky uh, for, for really a fairly average player. <laughs> well, I hope I was average. <laughs> I'd be, I'd, I'd probably do myself, you know, probably bragging a bit if I said I was average. But it's got me halfway around the world. It's it's made me meet some fantastic people and see some great places. And now I'm lucky. I live in a lovely part of the world, and I've got some lovely friends, family, and friends. Yeah, so definitely. And so. Before we uh, talk about some some of the highlights and and um, other opponents or games or goals that sort of stick in your memory, that time at Lysart, so she um, where you did the double, that was was there a game or or a period there where you can recall that that was uh, fantastic or I thought well for me what was fantastic for, for my. My best part for me for Lysarts was uh, we we did uh, three grand finals in a row, and we lost the first two. Yep. And the highlight of that was winning the third one, 
and that was my highlight for the club itself. Yeah, I thought it was great, and I was really, really pleased for them. Uh, so we lost the first two to uh, Port Kembley, yep. and I actually played in them. And then the third one, the one, I didn't play in that <laughs> one, but that was the highlight for me for for the club itself. So for them to win a grand final was great. And what about um, you know we've mentioned a couple of the players, but what about Bob Newman and 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 who are some of the other committee guys that you that you recall of that you know do the work behind the scenes? Oh uh, look, there, there a lot of there's a lot of people there, but every every soccer club has them and every yeah. soccer club needs them and they, they don't survive without. So and they do a thankless job, you know. I mean, the lads, the players themselves, they just want to get out there and play right. and earn a quid and have a beer and get out and play and we probably don't appreciate how, how hard people work behind the scenes but it was like there's numerous people at Lysarts as there is at numerous clubs yeah. but Bobby Bobby Newman Bobby Young yeah. uh, Sid Wesley John McCreary Jean Finch there's a few there's quite a few women work there as well share the workload uh, fair young Bobby's wife yeah. and they, they were really hard workers you know but like I say every club needs them I know the, there's plenty of other clubs I know some of the clubs where like personally I know some of the people who work on the committees and, and the canteens and that yeah. and the clubs would die if they weren't there so um, when you look back on your career and you said you're, you're bragging even if you called yourself average which you know probably says more about you being humble and whatnot. but um, was there a sort of uh, a was it was it the runner game of sixteen games when you're at Wolverhampton that that sort of sticks in the memory as your your best period? Um, um yeah, pr- probably. I mean, that's my highest achievement, and that uh, like it's my highest achievement. So I've got to be proud of that. Yeah, um, which I am. You know, I am proud of it. I just wish it could have lasted a bit longer or. Made my stretch out my career in the UK, but for whatever reason, whether it be uh, injuries, uh, you know, turning things around yourself, getting off that slippery slope when you get on it, for whatever reason uh, that happened, it's brought me to Australia where I'm I'm lucky to be here. You know. Oh, really, Wollongong's a great place to live and I've met some great people and I, I like to think that, uh, you know, my my immediate family appreciate what we what we did to yep. give them hopefully a better life here. Yes, I feel, it's funny, I feel sorry for like my daughter and my, my son was five when he came here, my daughter was born here, we've only been back a few times and I feel sorry for them in some respects because they've never... And the grandparents around, cousins and aunts and uncles, they're all still over back in the UK. So I feel kind of sorry for them. But uh, I I hope one day they realise the opportunities opportunities are here and they've taken those opportunities and that one day they might think, so I'm I'm glad Dad did that. I'm glad we're here. Even though, you know, the hard you miss your immediate family, yeah. Yeah. And and what about um sort of a a goal or a game uh, back in the UK that sort of sticks out um, that you can call uh, any sort of screamers or whether it being the first uh, team or the reserves probably yeah the well the the best probably 
three goals that I I have scored that I yep. can recall. And well, three clubs that that hold really close to me. Yeah. Uh, throughout for whatever age at stage, you know, yep. for different ages and stages of where I played. Because I loved my time at Lice Arts. Yeah. And uh, I remember scoring. I scored a good uh, bit of a screaming for a free kick at Lice Arts. Um, I scored one for my local. Uh, I scored one for the pub, uh, the social club when I went back there playing on yeah. Sunday mornings with all the lads <laughs> I used to have a, a beer with and uh, grew up with. Because some of them lads who I played at Kyora when I was 16, 17, yep. like 16, nearly 17, they ended up st- still playing for the club when we were, like, they moved on to the club when we were out 28, whatever it was, when I ended up back there playing with them. I scored a cracker for them. And I scored an absolute, the best score I've ever scored was an absolute screamer, belter, whatever you want to call it. And that was at Anfield. Wow. Uh, uh, Wolverhampton reserves against Liverpool reserves. And um, I scored it in the cop end. I remember it was a, it was a cold night. We played with an orange ball because I think it was a bit frosty. The ground was a bit <laughs> hard. And um, I was playing left midfield and Steve Grisovich was in goal who ended up wow. at, he ended up at Coventry, I think, for, yeah. for a while. He was a goalkeeper that night. Oh, this is what I found out as well, not till I got here, but I just remember that he's took the goal kick or whatever and sent it half school and edited it down into and I'm in the middle centre circle, yeah. you know, and I've got the ball at my feet and I look up and I'm I'm facing the cop end and all I can see is the lad John Black, Scott Scottish lad. He's I just see his backside, he's running towards the right wing. I think, oh, come check, check and I'll give it to you because I'm on that kind of right hand side for some reason so I've knocked it forward I'm look, still running I'm looking for my strike and he, he's making a run another way and I, I've just give it one more tap I thought I don't know what to, so I just whacked it I just hit it as hard as I could as hard as I could I just like just hit whack this ball this orange ball and I was uh, 40 yards out and it just just sailed into the top corner of uh, Steve Grizovich's left hand corner as he faces it flew in the top corner uh, that was in the first half. Of course, Liverpool were the best side, and the central it was the central league, the yeah. reserve league, and they were like they were like the first group. So first there would team. have been some quality players in there. Too. Well, I only found out when I got here that Jeff Ainsworth was in that side. Because <laughs> years later, because I was only about eighteen then, yeah. And then years later, uh, when I came out to to, to Wollongong, yeah, Jeff was. was our captain. Yeah, I found out that Jeff was actually in the side that night. Yeah. So that was the best goal. I'd, yeah, I just one of them. Ah, oh, it'd have been now because everywhere there's cameras everywhere these days. <laughs> you know, there's cameras at training. Everyone's got a camera, but yeah. So it's probably, just a memory. probably would have went viral. Actually, nobody. Stuff. Actually, I made it up. That <laughs> 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 uh, was uh, yeah. That was a nice, nice moment. But especially um, at Anfield, not many people can yeah, say they've scored. Yeah, but like say, there's only a screamer there. I, I dare say, just looking, thinking now. Most of the people would have forgot, but like I never would. <laughs> but you haven't. Yeah. Well, on on that note, Mike, uh, I really uh, and truly appreciate you giving up a Thursday night and uh, and uh, giving up your time and uh, letting me into your your house to to talk through your journey. It, it's been brilliant and, and fantastic, and and thank you very much. I, I loved every minute of it. No, I uh, appreciate you coming. It's it's been a pleasure to talk, and I hope people enjoy it. And, and take something out of it. 
Thank you. Thanks, mate. I appreciate yeah, it. Least, thanks, mate. Well, it is here where we finish episode 47. Once again, I'd like to sincerely thank Mike for the time he spent conversing with me on a Thursday evening. As always, thank you for listening and downloading this podcast. I am your host, Travis. Goodbye for now.